You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 236 of the Canadians Connection Podcast, and I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. And uh, Rick, how are you doing today? I'm very happy to be in the studio today. It's uh, a little messy out there. Um, Rainy, snowy mix. Uh, But happy spring to everybody. Um, And uh, uh, even to our folks, uh, I mentioned Thunder Bay often on on the podcast where I grew up. And I understand that they received a couple of dumps of snow this past week. And uh, so much so that it was too much for the mail carriers to get out. Canada Post cancelled mail in the city of Thunder Bay. Um, but we're here to make sure that the mail, <laughs> we opened the mail bag today. It was, I, I guess that, that wasn't a very good transition, was it? Uh, good enough. Works for me. We got the Rocket Sports mail bag on the way in segment two. Uh, we get to talk about Doc Drew and Dubois and more. But first in this first segment, uh, we have uh, plenty of Montreal Canadiens news to get through. Uh, Plenty of games were played and some updates on the prospects. Also, segment three, well, you get to hear what we have to say in segment two, but we turn it over to our listeners in segment three for the Have Your Say segment. Our Canadiens Connection question of the week is, why should the Canadiens sign Sean Monaghan to a short-term contract? Or why not? That also works. (laughs) Whatever our listeners are thinking and... uh, if you do want to weigh in on that question, Rick, what's the best way for our listeners to reach out? Well, um, they have figured out that if they text 5853ROCKET, that's the f- quickest way to get through, and that's the quickest way to um, to get onto uh, our radar. And uh, our, our text line has been filling up um, at 5853ROCKET uh, this past, well, for the last few weeks. Um, the other thing is that we have a brand new um, email address. Um, the, the, the old email address still works. It'll work for a little bit while, a little while yet. But the new one is hello, hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. Hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. If you have a little bit more to say, 
uh, send it to send us an email. Hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. And please be sure to include your first name and where you're from and uh, all the messages that you sent from us. That way we know who it's coming from and uh, where on the globe it's coming from because we get uh, plenty of listeners from all over the place. Uh, you'll see in segment two, uh, we go over some seas. Uh, we have listeners out in the middle of nowhere, so it's pretty cool. Also, feel free to reach out to us on our social media. Give uh, Habs Connection a follow on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, we have a website, canadiansconnection.com. Three games this past week for the Montreal Canadiens, and a little bit of up and down, starting things off back on October the 18th. Montreal takes a trip into Tampa Bay, and they lose 5-3. to three. Uh, Former Habs training camp attendee Brendan Hagel scores a hat-trick, of course, and, uh, of course, uh, Mikhail Sergachev puts up two assists. Uh, he gets a second star in that game. Very Tampa dominant game. Uh, Rick, I couldn't help but notice that there was one Jonathan Drouin just sitting on the bench that whole time. I had a great view of all the, the action. Um, did not get a shift. Was dressed, as promised, by Marty St. Louis, but a bit of drama. Uh, the Drouin watch was was on until it was pretty evident that he was not going to see the the ice. Uh, but he had a good view of Mikhail Sergachev and and uh, Sergachev looked very good in this game. Uh, Sergachev um, tied for with Makar for the most of any player in the NHL in the month of March. Um, he also has as many points as the Canadians' leading uh, uh, scorer, and that's Nick Suzuki. So um, I, I think we can all agree it was a horrendous trade, uh, but there wasn't any more... Um, uh, you know, stark comparison uh, than on Saturday night. Uh, Montreal does split the home and home with Tampa Bay a few days later on the 21st of March as they win three to two. Uh, Doc and Gallagher return to the lineup, and uh, you can certainly feel Doc's presence in that game. Uh, nice to have him back. And uh, of course, uh, Jonathan Drouin, after being benched the game before, he scored his second goal of the season. Um, I don't know. This didn't look at all like uh, a Tampa Bay team to me, and Vasilevsky didn't look uh, like Vasilevsky either. Um, but yes, uh, it was Kirby Doc uh, added to the top line just for that first game uh, back to center um, later in the week, but he made an immediate difference. Uh, that top line was able to compete with the top line of, of the Lightning and uh yeah, absolutely made uh, uh, an impact when he returned to the lineup. And after another couple of days off on the 23rd, Montreal takes a trip into Boston where Boston wins 4-2. to two. And you know what? Credit where credit's due. I think Montreal held their own. Uh, they potted a couple uh, power play goals and uh, they kept Boston's power play from scoring any goals. Uh, but uh, Boston found a way to win by scoring four in regular strength. It was a fun game. This is a rival. If you had any question uh, whether a rivalry still exists, absolutely. Um, it was it was feisty. Um, it was and 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 a little unpredictable. Um, given that that the Canadians scored on the power play, their power play hasn't been that good. Uh, the Bruins penalty killers best in the league, uh, but the Canadians scored their two goals on the power play and the Bruins power play. Um, couldn't do anything against uh, the Canadians. And uh, some of that has credit has to be given to Jake Evans, who uh, looked pretty good in his return. 
So the Canadians record currently 28-38-6. and six. That's 62 points, 28th in the NHL. Please make sure to check out all our comprehensive game previews and post-game recaps for every Montreal Canadiens game at allhabs.net. In roster news, uh, like we mentioned, we got a few players packed this week, including Kirby Doc, Brendan Gallagher, and Jake Evans. Uh, you could definitely feel Doc's presence back in that lineup. Uh, he's a very important player for this team. Kirby Doc missed 16 games. Brendan Gallagher missed 32 games, uh, but it was absolutely great to have both back. Uh, the team announced that Caden Gooley will miss the remainder of the season with a high ankle sprain. Uh, so that's a tough uh, rookie campaign for Caden Gooley. Uh, definitely established himself as uh, one of the best players on this team by far. Uh, it just sucks that it's being interrupted by so many injuries. Um, yeah, he he really uh, was missed when he was out of the lineup. He was really appreciated when he was in the lineup. Uh, and a warrior as well. We We found out that he was, when he was playing, um, he had braces on each knee, on his right and his left knee, um, but it was the high ankle sprain that uh, that uh, makes sure that he's he's done for the season. Yeah, another high ankle sprain to Josh Anderson, who will miss the uh, the remainder of the season as well. Uh, this injury bug just continues, and uh, we're near the end of the season now, so I wouldn't be surprised to see a few more players get shut down. Uh, awkwardly into uh, the empty net, uh, steered that way by uh, Sergachev. That, that was it was ugly watching him uh, be helped off the ice, and and a wise decision to um, shut him down for the rest of the season. Jordan Harris practiced in a regular jersey. Uh, looks like he's going to be in for the game tonight on Saturday. Uh, nice to get Harris back. Uh, he looked pretty good earlier this season. This was so odd because um, he didn't start practice in he he started practice in a non-contact jersey. Um, then he went over and he talked to the trainer. The trainer went over and talked to the the coaching staff. Then he went and he changed to a regular jersey. Um, he and that was that was ahead of the Boston game. He didn't play in the Boston game, but um, I, again, this will this will get to the way the Canadians handle injuries, but my goodness, what's the rush? Um, I, I've never seen a player change jerseys uh, from a non-contact to a contact mid-practice. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing him back in the lineup, but um, let's be cautious with, with these injuries rather than rushing people back. Yeah, we'll dive into um, the Montreal Canadiens medical staff a little bit in segment two. But uh, for now, let's get to our Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. So we'll start things off in the AHL, and then we'll work our way down a few leagues. Uh, the Laval Rocket played three games this past week. Uh, going back to March the 18th, the Laval wins 4-1 to one against Utica at home. Uh, this comes after losing their previous uh, meeting the night before, so a nice bounce back, uh, scoring three in the first and holding on for the win. 
A uh, couple days off to rest uh, before the 22nd uh, when Bridgeport comes into Laval and Bridgeport wins 5-3. to three. Uh, They scored two goals nine seconds apart in the third period to go up 5-2 to two against Laval. Uh, Laval would uh, put up one more goal, but uh, they come up short in that one. Uh, another little break there uh, before the 24th uh, when uh, Milwaukee comes into Laval and Laval dominates the shots. 45 to 24, but it's uh, Yaroslav Askarov that stands tall for Milwaukee. Uh, Laval comes uh, within one, but uh, they're ultimately shut down by the amazing uh, goalie prospect for Nashville. Askarov is going to be somebody to watch, both in terms of, of his excellent play, but also the the personality that uh, he brings to, to the goaltending role. Um, a little uncharacteristic for uh, Laval to lose uh, twice um, back-to-back at home. They've been very, very good at home. Uh, now they head out on the road, and, and they're in trouble. They, uh, they've fallen out of the playoff picture, so uh, they need to play well on the road. Yeah, currently sitting 29th in the AHL, the record 25-28-7-3, so not looking very good there. Uh, the Canadians assigned forward Emil Heineman to the Laval Rocket uh, this past week. He put up a goal and he looked really good. Uh, this is a player that uh, I'm pretty excited about. I thought he had a pretty good uh, preseason camp. Uh, I think it was only an injury that caused him to get sent uh, back over to Europe. When uh, Gurionov was uh, brought in, I said, um, uh, and and everybody was saying, no risk, no risk, no risk. Um, there's a risk when you when you start putting roadblocks in the way of your own prospects. And um, one of the players that I had in mind was Emil Heinemann uh, for next season um, because he should be able to compete for a roster spot. Um, he's looked good in, in Laval. Um, he has a NHL caliber stride, powerful skater, and um, he isn't afraid to, to go into traffic, uh, to be physical, um, he's got good size um, and uh, and a great shot, um, and uh, this is uh, 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 the prospect that uh, came back um, in one of the trades uh, from Calgary and and originally drafted by Florida in the second round in 2020. So um, watch him for the rest of the season, see if he's able to make an impact uh, as Laval pushes for a playoff spot, and then uh, again watch him at training camp because. Uh, He's a very promising player. Anthony Richard was returned to the Laval lineup. He got a short stint with uh, Montreal. Uh, so nice to see him go back to Laval. Probably a better fit for him there. Uh, we also got to hear from him uh, this past week. And uh, Anthony Richard had some very interesting comments. Uh, Rick, I'll get you to tee this up. Yeah, um, uh, Richard was on an emergency loan and um, caused by the injuries when that emergency no longer uh, existed with, with injured players coming back. Uh, he had to be sent back to Laval. Um, Laval has gone out and got um, um, fan-favorite players for sure. Is Anthony Richard a, um, a, a fan-favorite in Laval? He sure is. Um and but um, you wonder about we we we've heard about the issues of of lack of leadership, um, issues in the in the dressing room, uh, and when you're bringing in veterans, AHL veterans, you know he he has a modest 15 games in in the NHL in his uh, career. He's an AHL veteran. You want to make sure you pick the right veterans. Um, 
for those roles because they're going to be mentoring your your prospects. Um, and uh, he got back and uh, he immediately had some some words to say about uh, the Laval power play. I just feel like our our player predictable like uh we've been trying the same place for for a few months now and i think the other teams are just are, are looking at our party of one of the best in the league we got good players and um i think they they, they made some adjustment uh and every team's coming here there it seems that they've seen all the play that, uh, that we want to try so i feel like we're gonna make uh we gotta make adjustment uh at least show a different uh, different pattern uh, teams are looking at the video and if we if we keep showing the same same stuff i think it's going to be hard to hard to score so i think we got to adjust our plan and make sure we we keep it more simple so it was, it was odd to hear him back uh immediately this i i mean how else you can is it a helpful suggestion um is the way they run the power play isn't that a coaching decision was he publicly calling out uh, the coaching decisions and the way the power play was run um, comes back from the NHL uh, a couple of games stint as an emergency uh, recall, and all of a sudden he knows everything. Um, I, I I cringed a bit when I heard this that he was publicly calling out, um, you know, the the folks behind the bench in the AHL for the way they run the power play. Um, I, if if anything, if he had those views. Um, it's something he should have expressed to the coaching staff and been a, a little bit more uh, of a team player uh, when he got uh, in front of the media. Yeah, I agree. I was a little bit surprised to hear this coming from him. Um, I don't think he's particularly wrong about that Laval power play. It's not been great so far this season. But again, uh, going in front of the media and saying this, and it's clearly directed at the coach, that's... Uh, it's a little bit questionable from uh, Anthony Richard. And uh, we have one more quote coming from him, and this is where he's talking about what his focus is while being in Montreal. Yeah, I was happy the way I played more than the first time. Um, of course, it's always nice to score goals, but I feel like I was more on the puck, uh, more physical too. That's one thing that they, they wanted me to work on. So I think I did a good job, and I knew... Uh, um, as soon as a guy was coming back because I was on emergency recall, I was that was the guy who was getting down. So I was just trying every game to just uh, show something. And um, like I said, there's always there's always team looking. So I was I was playing for for the ass, but I was always playing for myself. So um, I was I was giving everything when I was on the ice. So if you wanted to give Anthony Richard the benefit of the doubt, listening to the first and saying, "Listen, he's just trying to help," um, you might change your opinion. When you heard that second quote, um, while he was in Montreal, he had his own agenda. He was um, he was playing. Yes, he had the, the Canadian jersey on, but he was playing for himself because um, other teams may be watching. Uh, they're going to have scouts in the building, and he was playing for for his next contract. Um, I I thought this was astonishing. Um, I, I you know it's it's. You, you'd never hear this from a player um, that they're playing for themselves, playing for um, scouts from the other team. Um, and, and again, this is, this is um, I understand why he's a, a fan favorite in Laval, but you have to be really, really careful to uh, be, be bringing in team first players who are going to be thinking about your organization, understanding their role and mentoring your, your younger prospects. 
Yeah, I think you pointed out the right bits there. Uh, other teams are going to be watching and I'm playing for myself. That's not really a comment you want to be making. Um, hockey is a team sport and you want to be playing for your teammates and your team. Uh, so it, it's certainly questionable that he came out and felt comfortable enough to say that. And listening to him, it sounds like a very nonchalant comment. Like it, it, in either of these quotes, it didn't sound like he was specifically going after anyone it just sounded like he was saying what was on his mind. I think that's fair to say, right? That's right. Yeah. No, I, I don't think he was he was being malicious at all. He was just, uh, this is my priority. This is who I am. This is this is kind of, you know, it, it wasn't a, a, a surprise thing. He wasn't being uh, upset because he was sent down. This is just, um, this is... At, at my stage in, in my career, this is this is how I'm going to approach hockey. But uh, we do have some quotes coming from another player, perhaps with a different perspective. And uh, you mentioned uh, having uh, certain veterans down in Laval and uh, them being around some of the younger prospects. And, uh, well, this is one of th- these prospects. Uh, Jaden Struble, he made his pro debut in Laval on Friday night. And uh, he talked a little bit about the upcoming road trip for Laval. I think it'll be good. Um, you know, I got to, I mean, I, I started to last week, but I mean, now I feel like it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm part of the team now, just, just playing a game and, you know, all the guys are great. Um, so I think going on the road is, is always, you know, a good team bonding um, experience. So I'm excited. Really impressed with that. We played a couple of uh, clips last week of Struble. Everything I've heard from this player, he's very mature, uh, very team oriented, um, and, and, you know, just at 21 years old, um, he, he, he made a thoughtful decision about, uh, signing with, with the Canadians and, and, and then the separate contract to, to be able to play with Laval. Um, and, and his, in his debut, he didn't get a lot of minutes. He was a, the seventh defenseman. uh, Jeff Wool was playing seven defensemen, 11 forwards, um, but he it it certainly didn't phase him and this is a, a guy who is very athletic you know he played lacrosse he played basketball he played baseball um and we remember after the his the draft combine that um it was Mark Bergevin that that talked about him as a you know physical specimen he said this guy is a greek god um at the time um and and he's a he's a, you know a physical player um, not a lot of offense with his game, but he's the kind of guy who can change a game, um, who can uh, turn pucks over and and move the puck up the ice. And uh, it'll be really interesting to see um, to to see how he fits in and and if if JF Gould uh, Gould gives him an opportunity to um, show what he can do over these last few games um, uh, that Laval have the rest of the season. And just to remind folks that, um, yes, he's a player chosen from the previous regime, uh, Trevor Timmons and and Mark Bergevin, but there is a a Hughes connection, as Hughes was his family advisor uh, before becoming um, general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, pretty impressed with uh, Jaden Struble so far as well. Uh, you can tell that he has some uh, certain degree of media training, which is kind of nice to see. Uh, I mentioned last week, great radio voice as well. Uh, so another player that's going to be interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, certainly 
not a type of defenseman that's going to put up a ton of points, but um, maybe just a good all-around uh, defenseman, and uh, we'll see how uh, he can have an impact on Laval. Uh, we have one more quote uh, coming from him, and uh, this is him talking about playing at Place Bell. It's uh, it's sick. It's it's cool. Um, just uh, you know the atmosphere, the, the all the looking up and just seeing kind of a packed crowd. Um, uh, it's definitely different than what I've been accustomed to with like the P Bruins or something like that. Um, it's a whole different you know vibe, whole different world up here. So um, it's it's definitely you know I'm appreciative uh, to be here. I like that <laughs> he didn't compare to his college experience. Um, didn't want to. You know, uh, downplay, um, very much a team guy, didn't want to downplay Northeastern, so he picked the P. Bruins. Um, he's from Rhode Island, uh, grew up in that area, so he'd be f- familiar with the, the the Boston Bruins AHL affiliate, the, the Providence Bruins, and, and he's right. Uh, there's no comparison uh, with the P. Bruins uh, and the, the Laval Rocket. Um, the that building is is pretty dead um regularly um so i really like that that he appreciated uh the fans appreciated uh the building and saying this is a whole this is a whole new thing this is this is a hockey town and he sounds very happy to be in uh, montreal and laval yeah sounds very excited and uh, it's nice that he gave that shout out to all the fans of Place bell uh someone that's been there a couple times yeah, the, the energy is crazy, and uh, full credit to all the fans that uh, show up there for every game. Unfortunately, next week, uh, the Laval Rocket hit the road, so no uh, home games. Uh, on the 26th, they're going to be going to Manitoba. Uh, two games, actually, the 26th and the 28th, and then they head over to Rockford on the 31st. So we'll see if uh, Laval can get back into that playoff conversation. Uh, taking a look at ECHL news uh, on Friday, the Trois-Rivières Lions beat the Norfolk Admirals five to nothing. Uh, a couple prospects in this game that we want to point out: uh, Brett Stafley, uh, he scored, and Joe Verbetic, the goaltender, gets his first professional shutout. So, uh, congratulations to him! And uh, both of these guys seem to be doing pretty well in Trois-Rivières so far. They are. Uh, Stapley had a goal and an assist in that game. Uh, Ryan Francis, uh, uh, a goal and two assists, and Verbetic with 39 saves, 25 alone in in the second period uh, to get that first pro shout-out, as you said. Uh, um, Not a lot of news um, on uh, the uh, Trois-Rivières Lions, unless you're paying attention uh, to the Habs notebook that comes out every Monday and and, uh, Chris G., uh, gives you a good wrap-up of what's going on in Trois-Rivières. Yeah, Chris G. does a really good uh, job of that, so I recommend checking that out for sure. Uh, looking at the CHL uh, last week, uh, we mentioned that Riley Kidney has uh, surpassed 100 points, uh, currently sitting at 108, and uh, not too far behind uh, Joshua Waugh at 95 points. So uh, the Joshua Waugh 100-point watch is currently on. It's fun because uh, the two prospects, their teams faced each other this past week, um, Gatineau and Sherbrooke, and and um, Gatineau's uh, lengthy uh, win streak that we told you about last week uh, finally came to an end as Sherbrooke uh, beat them 4-3 in overtime. So the stat line, uh, Riley Kidney, uh, one goal, one assist. Joshua Waugh, one goal, one assist. Um, so <laughs> that's kind of fun. Yeah, I do wonder if they uh, compare their stats every now and then. There must be some kind of competition. 
Uh, last week, we talked about uh, the QMJHL uh, and their plan to ban fighting uh, for next season. Well, Nick Suzuki voiced his opinion on this. And uh, Nick Suzuki has Nick Suzuki ever been in a fight? I'm not sure if he knows much about that. But uh, Rick, what can you tell us about what he said? Uh, he says that he's he hasn't um, been in a fight, but um, uh, that he's he's appreciated the times where he's gotten hit, maybe illegally hit, and that his teammates have stood up for me. Um, he said that that fighting means, uh, and this is a quote, fighting means you can't do whatever you want on the ice without consequences. Um, and, and he said, I don't, I don't think that fighting should be removed from the queue, um, but he, he, he thinks it's necessary that uh, teammates are allowed to, to stand up. Um, he'll say, and he, the other quote here is, uh, he says, we'll see how this goes. Uh, if the, the queue goes ahead with this fighting ban. Um, but I think fighting is definitely an integral part of hockey. Um, so he has he has strong opinions on the queue and uh, their potential fighting ban. Yeah, and he brings up a good point too. It seems like fighting a lot of the times keeps uh, certain players at bay, keeps them from doing certain uh, things and if they do do it then they have to face the consequence of getting into a fight so i completely understand where nick suzuki is coming from on this for sure uh looking at the ncaa uh well there were some updates this past uh, week and the ohio state buckeyes beat harvard crimson eight to one uh so that means sean farrell season is over so the watch on a sean farrell contract can now begin uh, but Jakob Dobas moves on a uh, pretty lopsided game there. And that's going to be a theme throughout the rest of this uh, Boston university beats uh, Western Michigan five to one uh, Lane Hudson and Luke Tuck both move on uh, university of Minnesota beats uh, Ken- Canisius college nine to two. So Rhett Pitlick moves on and there's a very good highlight of a uh, Brett Pitlick goal. Uh, he seems to have a lot of skill, doesn't he? As a beauty. Yeah. Uh, maybe the most skilled Pitlick. Um, <laughs> uh, the regional finals now, uh, they'll be, as we record on, on Saturday, the regional finals for the NCAA championship uh, will be held on Saturday and Sunday. Um, you have Rhett Pitlick, uh, Rhett Pick, Pitlick in Minnesota uh, taking on St. Cloud. Um, Boston U- University against Cornell, and, and Boston U is with uh, Lane Hudson and Luke Tuck. Um, Michigan uh, versus Penn State. And Michigan um, just demolished Colgate 11-1 to um, in their semi. Uh, and the final one uh, will be I- Ohio State and Jakob Dobas uh, facing Quinnipiac. Um, so those um, four games on Saturday and Sunday will produce... Uh, the Frozen Four um, that will head to uh, Tampa um, on on April sixth, uh, the semis on April sixth, the championship on on April eighth. So uh, we're getting down to um, to that final four, uh, that Frozen Four, and still uh, a number of Canadians prospects uh, involved. Um, while we're here, I'll just a, a couple of words on Sean Farrell. Tremendous season. Um, he, as we talked about last week, he's one of, of 10 finalists for, for the Hobie Baker award. Uh, he had uh, 53 points in, in 34 games this season. Um, 
He's 21, a fourth-round pick uh, for the Canadians. And uh, Kent Hughes, he has said before that uh, he'd like to sign Sean Farrell. He was on uh, the Got Your Back podcast earlier this week and said that, yes, they will have discussions, um, acknowledge that Farrell has one more, one more season, uh, one more year of schooling left if he chooses, um, but that they will have discussions about uh, uh, getting him here and, and perhaps he'll be um, in the lineup, in the Canadians' lineup, or maybe Lavelle, uh, for, um, for the, the last few games of the season. So we'll make sure to keep you all up to date on everything Habs Prospects. Please be sure to read all the content at ahl.report. Also listen to and subscribe to the Press Zone that comes out every Tuesday. And that's your inside source for everything Laval Rocket. Amy Johnson, Patrick Williams, and Rick Stevens make up that team. So you won't want to miss a single episode. Uh, looking at hockey news from around the league, uh, last week we talked about the Carson Breer incident uh, pushing a wheelchair wheelchair down a flight of stairs. Uh, the wheelchair looked like it could have been broken. Uh, well, Carson Breer is going to be criminally charged, and it's going to be three misdemeanors, and he's going to be due in court in May. This is, uh, again, just an update on uh, an ugly story that we talked about uh, last week. Um, police in, in Erie, Pennsylvania, filed charges, criminal mischief, criminal com- conspiracy to commit mischief, and disorderly conduct. Uh, that's not uh, a good look for Carson Breer. Uh, tough that it also uh, impacts Danny Breer and his new position with uh, Philadelphia. For sure. Uh, Fanatics will replace Adidas as the NHL's official uniform partner at the beginning of the 2024-25 season. This is not a popular decision. I think that's fair to say. Uh, Back July uh, 2022, uh, there were reports that Adidas was planning on stepping away from making hockey jerseys. And the NHL decides to go with the Fanatics. Uh, Over the years, uh, Fanatics has not had a great reputation amongst fans. Uh, They've been making replica jerseys, and there have been no shortage on issues. Uh, Some replica jerseys just don't look quite the same as the official uh, merchandise. Uh, Some of them have had issues with names and numbers peeling off after a certain amount of time. Uh, There's this really great picture as well of uh, Fanatics Winnipeg Jets toque where the logo is just straight up upside down. Uh, So (laughs) I don't know what's going on in quality assurance there. I'm hoping for the best here with Fanatics, but uh, this doesn't seem like a very popular decision amongst fans. Yeah, and, and as you said, justifiably so. The the quality has been uh, poor, um, and um, you know even the hats get misshapen. And and um, uh, you know I was hoping that that the NHL would um, would say okay, but they have to they have to. Uh, meet the same specifications in terms of fabrics uh, and materials. Um, the the NHL has said, uh, the executive vice president of marketing, Brian Jennings, has said uh, th- that Fanatics will use the same factory in St. Hyacinth, here in Quebec, uh, that Adidas did to produce their jerseys. Um, however, there will be some differences in fabrics and materials. Uh, the quote is um, from Mr. Jennings, uh, it will be almost indiscernible. Um, in other words, uh, fans will be too dumb to notice the difference. I don't think so, um, Mr. Jennings. I don't think so. 
um, you start using inferior fa- fabrics uh, as Fanatics has been doing, and uh, and fans are going to notice. Um, so not not a popular decision, but it appears that this is moving ahead without any kind of consultation or consideration of fan opinions. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to 2024 when we start to see all those Fanatics jerseys come out and we'll see how long they last on all the players. Uh, NHLPA released their annual player survey. Uh, Every year, the NHLPA uh, reaches out to a bunch of NHL players and they survey them on 14 hockey-related questions uh, during the regular season. Uh, A couple things to pinpoint here. uh, When they were asked, if you need a win... If you need to win one game, who is the goalie you would want on your team? And, uh, well, the runaway winner here with 52.3% of the vote is uh, Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, Looking through a lot of uh, the answers to this, it seems about what you would expect. You know, you get your Connor McDavid's, your Sidney Crosby's, uh, and then the only one that really relates to Montreal at all is uh, the question, what NHL arena has the best ice? And, uh, well, 35% of the voters voted uh, for the Bell Center. So congratulations to the Bell Center for having some nice ice. <laughs> um, this uh, it, It's it's an annual poll and one where uh, the NHLPA, um, uh, this isn't just a, a handful of players pick randomly. Uh, they get pretty good buy-in on their surveys. Um, they surveyed this year 626 players, on uh, 14 questions, um, and as you said, uh, kind of in kind of lops or or consensus around around one pick of Vasilevsky with the goalie, uh, McDavid as the forward, Makar as the defenseman. Um, I like the question about underrated player. I always find that interesting, uh, and they picked uh, Alexander Barkov. Um, the Canadians uh, boast about their ice, and as they should, most most teams. Um, uh, most players seem to, to like the ice at the Bell Center, and and um, if your game is hockey, you should make good ice. As far as as Montreal being a destination, though, uh, that's gone by the wayside. And and the best city, the the one that that uh, most players look forward to these days, um, is Las Vegas, and we have no idea why that would be. Yeah, very curious decision there. <laughs> Uh, The NHL Department of Player Safety has suspended Boston Bruins forward A.J. Greer for one game for cross-checking Mike Hoffman uh, intentionally in the face. Uh, So very ugly highlight. I'm not sure what started this, but there was a little bit of a scrum at the face-off circle, and that ended with uh, Greer just cross-checking Mike Hoffman. Just It looked like it was right in the mouth almost, and then Hoffman turning around uh, obviously in a lot of pain. And well, Mike Hoffman did speak up about this. This might be the first time uh, in NHL history where not the player that was suspended, but the player that was hurt by the guy being suspended has spoken up about it. So I've gotten a two-game suspension for cross-checking a guy in the back of the helmet. A full-blown intentional cross-check to the face. One game. Hmm. (laughs) Hmm. hmm. Says a lot. Uh, says a lot from Mike Hoffman. This uh, he posted that to his Instagram account, uh, one of his reels, uh, and uh, it's ugly. His face is a mess. Um, 
and and I, he, he doesn't really have to say a whole lot um, uh, given the way he looks, um, but he's speaking um, about the lack of consistency in terms of uh, the player safety's uh, the player safety department's decisions um, about the integrity of the, the NHL. He with those very few words, he speaks volumes. Um, I, I think that the NHL would probably would like to fine him uh, for speaking out, but that would probably bring more attention. Uh, so I think they'll just kind of let this go and 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 uh, hope everybody forgets about it because uh, he's right. You know, he's he's absolutely right. There is um, we're always puzzled by the decisions um, that are made in terms of um, goaltender interference and uh, the NHL Department of Player Safety. Yeah, and uh, there was a side-by-side highlight uh, that was posted uh, referring to the, I guess, the play in which uh, Mike Hoffman was suspended two games for cross-checking a player to the back of the head. Uh, Yeah, no comparison. It seemed like uh, A.J. Greer uh, cross-checking Mike Hoffman in the face was way worse than what uh, Mike Hoffman uh, did in San Jose. Uh, So uh, interesting decision by the Department of Player Safety, and uh, I I agree. Mike Hoffman certainly has a point here. Yeah. So coming up, uh, we're going to hear a brand new message from our sponsors, uh, DraftKings. And then we got our big topic segment, Doc, Drew, and Dubois, and more in our Rocket Sports mailbag. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odd boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella. You can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. Make sure to give him a follow at All Habs on Twitter. You can also find at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, you can check out the website, CanadiansConnection.com. And just a little reminder here to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player on your favorite podcasting app. That way you miss, never miss a single episode. And it's the spring edition of the Rocket Sports Mailbag. Uh, we're always happy to hear from our Canadians Connection listeners. Uh, the Habs have just a little bit, uh, what is it, like 10 games left in the season? Not not too much left to go, but uh, there are a lot of questions that come to mind this month. Uh, so we'll see how many we can get through today. Always happy to hear from our listeners and uh, with 
all the things that have gone down this past season. I, I felt like it was time. I, I felt like our listeners would have plenty of questions as to the direction of this team and uh, just about anything else. And you, you like the you like these segments, I think, the most uh, when we when we're able to gather all the questions and and um, and they they do accumulate. Um, and we try to get them on as uh, do one of these mailbag segments as often as we can because uh, we're very grateful for uh, to you for listening and uh, we're always happy to uh, interact with you either by text or or uh, email or airing your questions on the air. Yeah, always fun to hear from our listeners and uh, always fun to see where our listeners are currently located. Uh, I'll get to our first question here, and this one comes from Jacob in Mount Pearl, Newfoundland. So all the way out on the East Coast, nice to hear from you, Jacob. Uh, What Jacob had to say was, last week you said to expect Hughes to use some of his picks to trade for a young player like Doc, but you forgot to tell us who it would be, LOL. What what do you think about uh, Barrett Hayden? He's hot right now in Arizona. Love your show, guys. So thank you, Jacob, for uh, calling us out on that one. I was hoping uh, people wouldn't notice. but uh. <laughs> Well, yeah, um, we're not so much in the prediction game um, as far as, as uh, identifying. Um, because, first of all, I think uh, the Kirby Doc um, uh, pick came out of nowhere. Uh, Huge surprise. Ob- yeah, obviously this was a player that they had, uh, the Canadians... Um, Staff had their eyes on. Um, obviously, they thought that uh, it was a player they could get out of Chicago, and that um, that his production, his performance, wasn't a reflection of his talent, of 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 his potential. Um, so, I'm certain that that they have uh, players like that in mind, um, and and. Uh, you know, I, I I don't think that there'll be necessarily players that um, that are obvious. Um, as far as as um, uh, the the player that you specifically mentioned in in Barrett Hayden, I think Arizona likes him. Uh, I think that uh, it would be well. You know, I never can predict what. Um, uh, Arizona's going to do. I can never predict <laughs> what the Vancouver Canucks are going to do. Those two, two, I have no idea what those franchises are doing. Uh, so it's possible. Um, it's very possible. And and you're right that uh, Barrett Hayden, uh, Clayton Keller, both have have uh, heated up. And and um, Arizona went on a bit of a point streak and and uh, uh, bypassed the Canadians and um, and. Uh, move them further down in, in the standings and, and have opened up a bit of a gap. Um, I guess what I like about this is, is that number one, you were listening last week cause we did talk about this. Uh, and, uh, we, we read the quote, uh, from, um, uh, Hughes that where he said, um, that it's going to happen soon. And, and we said that he was signaling the fact that, um, he's not going to use, uh, every draft pick, to uh, acquire, um, you know, an undrafted player that he he may use uh, the draft picks as trade assets. Well, he was. We mentioned the podcast that he was on earlier that uh, this week, um, and here's his quote from that podcast: "We're hopeful we have opportunities to trade for good young players like a Kirby Doc instead of using a draft pick for it. We'll try to do that, and that's kind of a way to expedite the timeline." 
Um, he also goes on to say we're not going to sign uh, 28 or 29 years old uh, players to to long term deals. Kind of signals that they won't be active in um, free agency, um, but that they will be looking to uh, acquire. They may they may be active in the trade market. Um, I'm wondering if instead of a, a player like Barrett Hayton and and um, listen, maybe Barrett Hayton is is uh, a poor man's purely. Luke Dubois, if that doesn't work out, because he's a center, um, I, you know, not my choice, but but I understand why why uh, he'd be suggested. I I tend to think that um, the Canadians are going to uh, look at all of the the really good young goaltenders uh, that are out there um, that maybe are. are 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 behind some veterans um, may may not be getting the net. Dustin Wolf. Um, with the Calgary Wranglers, the best goalie right now in the um, in the AHL, um, I, he's he doesn't meet that size requirement that the Canadians seem to have. So I'm not saying that's the that's the player, but a, a player like that, um, a young goaltender who's in an organization um, who who might have an opportunity to uh, flourish if if really given a better opportunity. Uh, I, I see them going after a player, uh, someone like that, rather than um, another center. Uh, in this case, uh, a Barrett Hayden. Yeah, I uh, love the question from Jacob there. Uh, I think first and foremost in regards to a Barrett Hayden, uh, does everyone remember the Yasperi Kokniemi draft? Uh, <laughs> I think that's a draft that a lot of people like to talk about. Um, uh, he went fifth, fifth overall in that draft. Uh, it was Kokniemi, Brady Kachuk, then it was Barrett Hayden. So fifth overall pick by Arizona this year. He has 15 goals. I just don't see Arizona wanting to move on from this player. They've obviously put a lot of stock and a lot of resources into him. So uh, I I don't really see it. Uh, I don't know too much about the player, if I'm being completely honest, uh, as per the fit in Montreal. But uh, like you said, uh, I think they might want to go and target a young goalie instead. I did my best to come up with a list of a few guys that I think they could go ahead and target it might make sense but again uh, we know that teams aren't always anxious to give up on players uh, that they put a lot of uh, stock into they don't like to give up their prospects (laughs) so uh, one of the goalies that came to mind and this could be a big stretch uh, Rick you can feel free to chime in and let me know here I was wondering about an Uka Pekka Lukanen. I Just for the namesake, I would love to have <laughs> that jersey, uh, a Montreal jersey like that. Uh, like I said, this could be a long shot, but Montreal does need that goalie of the future. Uh, right now in the Buffalo system, he's not met expectations in the NHL level or AHL level. I think he's been a little bit underwhelming. I'm wondering if this is a guy that could benefit from a fresh start. And looking at Buffalo, they've got a Devin Levi on the way as well, who's very highly touted and might even surpass Uka Pekka Lukanen in the their uh, in their draft rank or in their prospect rankings. So that that's my thought in terms of the goaltending. I, I don't know if you had any further comment on that one, Rick. Well, if you could get a Devin Levi, they won't. They won't. But a Devin yeah, I, Levi I <laughs> uh, with uh, being born in Montreal. Um, and and tremendous season that he had in Northeastern. Um, the Sabers are are really high on him, um, and uh, and just signed him uh, to an entry level deal this year. So you're right, the Devin Levi. 
I think has has passed Ukopekalukunen um, uh, on the on the depth chart, and um, he has been a, a you know a, a disappointment. I I don't know if. Um, he has some pretty big holes in his game. If if uh, if the Canadians see something in him that they think could be fixed, um, that's 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 a good question. And and certainly, you know, a, a player that uh, had a promise uh, a couple of years ago, big promise, um, and hasn't quite lived up to that. So he kind of fits the mold. Uh, but whether he can. Um, achieve, uh, you know, what was expected of him. I, I'm, I'm not certain about that, but an interesting, uh, an interesting pick. Yeah, uh, just me throwing stuff out there yeah. for now. Uh, apart from goalies, I did come up with a few other names. I mentioned uh, the Kokanyemi draft. So Kokanyemi, Kachuk, Hayden, Philip Zadina, number six uh, by Detroit. He was actually on the NA, uh, the TSN trade bait board leading up to the trade deadline. Uh, this is another player that's just not panned out or bet expectations. He's 23 years old, uh, hasn't solidified himself as an NHLer, uh, hasn't uh, been great at uh, the AHL level either. So if you're looking for a young forward that still has some high upside, uh, I'm wondering if a Philip Sedina is someone that they could put their eyes on. Uh, another guy, uh, I mean, if if you're looking at uh, teams willing to play trade prospects, who other than uh, the Vegas Golden Knights? Uh, so I took a look at what they have uh, and their 2020 uh, 29th overall pick, Brendan uh, Brisson, uh, currently playing with the Henderson Knights. Oh, yeah. uh, he's a 5'11 center, uh, 30 points in 49 games. Uh, if Montreal has something that's more of a for now type player, maybe a Josh Anderson or something like that, and they're willing to and uh, Vegas is willing to trade uh, Brandon Brisson to acquire that, then I think that that could be a decent match as well. We know how much Vegas loves to trade those prospects, so I'll throw his name out there. And uh, finally, two other guys that I've seen uh, pop up and trade rumors over the past little, well, past couple seasons anyway, uh, Lexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco for the New York Rangers. Uh, both players that I, I think they're starting to fit uh, the, into that Rangers lineup a little bit better now. Uh, they have uh, 13 goals on the season apiece, playing on the third line. But uh, both players that uh, were drafted pretty high, Kako second overall, Lafreniere going first overall. Uh, not met expectations, and uh, I, I've seen their name get thrown out there at certain times, not uh, necessarily recently, but uh, we'll see how things go. We know that the Rangers are uh, another team in a win-now mode, so maybe they're willing to part with one of these guys to get somebody more for you know winning right now. So I, I don't I don't know if any of these are possible. Like I said, uh, it's just me throwing out uh, a couple names, and uh, I had fun doing the research on that. Uh, that's a great list. Um, the only thing I'll say about the list is, uh, with respect to Zadina, if Steve Eiserman has given up on a prospect and is willing to trade him, I, I'm not getting. I'm not, I'm not going there. <laughs> yeah, we've seen that before. <laughs> yeah, um, but a, a great list. And and listen, if you say yes, get that player. If you say no, well, you know we don't. The Canadians don't need that player. Uh, we want to hear from you. Five eight five three Rocket or send us an email. Yeah, so looking at uh, question number two, and this one comes from Andrew in Kirkland, uh, Quebec. Uh, he says, great podcast. What did you think about the Drouin benching? Listening to TVA, they said M uh, Martin St. Louis made a rookie mistake. Uh, I'll start things off here. Um, 
I think I, I like that uh, Martin St. Louis did stick to his guns here. He said that uh, Jonathan Drouin was going to be a scratch. Injuries came up. He felt like he needed to dress another body. Um, I applaud Martin St. Louis sticking to his guns and uh, making an example out of Drouin, but uh, I think it's fair to say that this was very public, and uh, and I, I know you, Rick, you weren't really a fan of that aspect of it. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of torn about this one. Like I said, I, I do think that Martin St. Louis putting the foot down uh, with Jonathan Drouin was good. How he went about it, I think that's a little bit up for debate. And uh, Rick, this is where I'll uh, let you chime in. Yeah, I took a look into this, and it was uh, TVR, um, JC Lejoie, and Tony Marinaro's show. Um, where JC Lejoie, the quote is, "It's a rookie stake, uh, mistake by Marty St. Louis. Um, he wanted to s- send a message, but it's a rookie mistake. A rookie mistake uh, on the part of of St. Louis, his assistants, and Kent Hughes." Um, so I like the fact that, uh, when Marty was, was interviewed, he said, uh, we're building a culture. No one is above the team. Um, same rules for every, I think that was, that was brilliant. Um, and that's exactly how you have to approach this kind of issue. Um, I, I, I had trouble with it being so public, um, and, uh, and, and the fact that it created a, a drama, uh, an all day or, or multi, multi-day drama where, uh, Marty St. Louis kind of was coy with his words. He said that, uh, Duran would dress, um, but didn't say anything about plays. So their watch was on, will he get a shift? And, and, you know, will, was he just being benched for the first period? Maybe he'll play the second period. It was far too much of a focus on, on Drouin. Um, I didn't, I didn't necessarily like that. I didn't like that all of this was a revolving around uh, the personality of the coach necessarily, rather than being a, a team thing. Um, kind of reminded me a little bit of, of Joel Bouchard. Um, so I agree with the hosts here uh, to a certain extent. I, I, I think there's good and bad that, that happened. Um and I really, really, really didn't like Duran's uh, post game. I didn't like his, um, as Tony Marinero said, uh, "quote I didn't like Jonathan's response. He doesn't help himself. He should have shown um, humility. It was a real shame." Um, and and him saying, "Listen, it was only two minutes. Yeah, I, I know. I have to 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 um, respect the rules, and I have to be accountable. But it was only two minutes." Uh, that I was late. I, that shouldn't have come up. It sh- the 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 number of minutes shouldn't have come up, um, and I couldn't help thinking that this would have been a. This doesn't happen, and and this is not a slight against Nick Suzuki. He's a new captain. He's very young. He's learning how to be a captain. Um, his alternates in Gallagher and Edmondson have been in and out of the lineup, and and that's been difficult. But this doesn't happen when you have. Um, a Shea Weber in the dressing room. This doesn't happen when you have a Carey Price uh, or a Corey Perry. It just doesn't happen. And this is the kind of thing that strong leadership in in the dressing room um, takes care of. They take care of these issues all the time, and you never, ever hear about them, ever. Um, I just didn't like the public aspect of this. So uh, good on, on Marty St. Louis for... Uh, talking about culture and and applying rules, 
not so good uh, as far as as um, making it into a uh, a major event with this, with the focus on on Joanne. Um, so I you know I'm I'm on both sides here and um, good pickup by by Andrew um, in uh, in Montreal suburb in, in Kirkland uh, for picking up on the the TBR folks and bring it to bringing it to our attention. Yeah, I think that's a good point that you bring up, uh, Rick, and that's uh, kind of what I was alluding to there as well. But uh, Jonathan Drouin was a very popular man in our mailbag, <laughs> it appears. Uh, we have two questions, kind of similar, so I'll uh, read them out uh, one by one here. First one comes from Cody in Hawkesbury, Ontario. He says, where will Jonathan Drouin play next season? And the next question comes from Matt in Lake Placid, New York. So we're going south of the Canadian border here. Uh, what he has to say is, is there any chance that the Habs will re-sign Drouin? Please say no. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> uh, Rick, I'll uh, defer to you to start this one off. Is there a chance that uh, the Habs will re-sign Duran? No, I don't think so. I think that, um, yeah, even at a, at a he's, he's not a $5.5 million player. Uh, he hasn't been throughout his contract. Um, and this was a mistake, a major mistake by the previous regime and the current regime doesn't need him around even if they can get him on a you know a one-year deal um on on a on a cut in in so i i just don't think they need him around um and he's playing 50 games a year given his injuries uh you know he goes a year between goals um th- there's just uh, the the potential uh, the player that he was, the the talent, the skill that was ten years ago. Now, um, you know he, he he's 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 done. Um, is where will he play next season? And that's from Cody uh, in Hawkesbury. Well, just across the Quebec Ontario border in Hawkesbury. Um, and if you need to go to an LCBO, um, there's a nice one in Hawkesbury. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, uh, you know, I've said I've I've said um, that uh, Switzerland would be a good place for him. Um, it's it's uh, where David Darnay went and and extended his career. Um, and uh, you know, maybe that's that's maybe that's a, a good destination for him, but not next year. I don't think Duran's ego could take going to Switzerland next year. I think he'll try and latch on with a team who will take a chance on him um, and give him a one-year contract. Uh, Jonathan Drouin, when when he was traded to Montreal, I I boldly said, uh, Jonathan Drouin, you watch. His his career is going to parallel that of Alexander Daig. (laughs) Alexander Daig, one of the biggest draft busts of all time, drafted first overall by the senators in 93 and um it's funny um i i took a lot of criticism for that but uh you look at their stats um alexander degg played 10 years 616 games 327 uh points jonathan duran nine years in the nhl one last 479 games and and far fewer 50 fewer points in 279 games um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to debate if, if the talent is there. It's just a lack of commitment. It's a lack of compete. Um, he's, he seems to only be interested when the game is easy. 
Um, it was it was just a colossal mistake by the organization that was looking to um, to bring uh, a a a home you know a, a home province hero um, to the to the Canadians. This was when Jeff Molson was act, acting um, as co GM uh, in a sense with with Bergevin and. Um, I think that the Canadians really must move on. Yeah, there's just always some drama that follows Jonathan Drouin around. And uh, I will apologize before I say this, but if we go into another season where I have to listen to another broadcaster or anyone say, oh, so we finally get to see what Jonathan Drouin can do, I'm going <laughs> to probably just throw up right <laughs> there. Let's be honest. It, he he is what he is at this point. Two goals on the season. That's not acceptable from a guy with uh, his talent. And like you said, I think at best, he probably ends up going to Europe to extend his career. I don't know if there's going to be a team that's willing to give him a one-year contract. I, I'm i I'm a little bit further down on him. I, I wonder if he'll even get a PTO uh, at some point next season. But uh, it, it's going to be a curious case to see how this whole thing unfolds. Uh, it's a shame that Duran just could never become the player that we were hoping he could be. But uh it's time to move on. This this thing's gone on more than long enough at this point, and uh, I don't think he's even really adding any good culture to that dressing room. So it, it is what it is. Uh, I, I would just let Jonathan Drouin walk, and I, I don't see why the Habs would even be interested in bringing him back at this point. But uh, thank you to Andrew. Thank you to Cody. Thank you to Matt. Um, all very relevant questions, and certainly... Uh, there were others. Um, there was the the mailbag was uh, Duran was a, a popular topic in in the mailbag. Yeah, so uh, we go from Duran to Dubois. Uh, Philippe uh, from uh, Lorette, uh, Manitoba, has uh, reached out to us, and he says, "I keep reading about Pierre Luc Dubois rumors, but nothing much here in Manitoba." Some Habs fans are saying that Montreal should wait until PLD is an unrestricted free agent. But isn't that risky? Uh, yeah, this Pierre-Luc Dubois rumor thing just keem, seems to keep coming out. <laughs> and uh, thank you uh, to uh, Philip for <laughs> reaching out and letting us know that these rumors aren't really happening so much in Manitoba at the moment. It seems like it's very Montreal-driven. Uh, whether or not uh, you like uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and everything that's gone on there and how much Pierre-Luc Dubois has expressed interest in playing for Montreal... I don't think that I really want to give up an asset to bring him in at the moment. I just don't see the fit. Down the middle right now, Montreal, Suzuki, Doc Dvorak. Uh, assuming one of those guys has to go the other way in a trade, but like still, I, I just don't see the fit. It, had Doc not come into this season and been such a great for Mont- great fit for Montreal, maybe I would entertain the idea a little bit more. And I'm not really interested in bringing in Dubois to play on the wing, uh, if I'm being completely honest. So I I don't have any issues if Dubois really wants to play for Montreal, if Montreal really feels like they're destined to have Dubois on their team. Wait until he's a free agent. Don't give up any assets for him. And if the fit is there by the time Dubois is a free agent, then deal with it then. (laughs) What do you think, Rick? Well, um it's kind of rare that that somebody wants to come to Montreal. We, and we talked about uh, last week uh, all of the reasons that there are for free agents 
uh, not to come to Montreal with taxes and, and well, the, the whole long list. And we added another one as far as uh, um, non-resident Canadians. Uh, it's going to be difficult for them to come to Montreal, more difficult for them to come to Montreal. This is a kind of a unique thing that um, that somebody has said they want to come to Montreal. So I understand the excitement. I understand that you want a player like that. Um, and it's pretty intoxicating to think about um, a dock, a Suzuki, a Dubois down the middle um, and put them, put them in whatever order you want um, in, in, in terms of, of the hierarchy there. And uh, you're right. It would have been easier to, um, to explain um, if doc hadn't um, you know, grabbed the position and, and proved that, that he can be, one of those, um, you know, 1A, 1B kind of uh, centers. Um, but it's still, it's, it's, it's very seductive to, to think about uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois wanting to come to, uh, to the Montreal Canadiens. Um, Philippe in, in Lorette, uh, and, and Lorette is, is uh, it, it's a, a Francophone, there are a number of Francophone communities in, in, uh, in Manitoba surrounding uh, Winnipeg, and, and Lorette is one of them. Um, Philippe says, but isn't it risky to wait, uh, as you say, why not, why not just wait, uh, until he becomes uh, a free agent and then you're not giving up assets because he's not going to come cheap. Um, you know, I've seen lots of, uh, Canadians fans say, well, this would be an opportunity. Well, it makes sense for the Canadians to get rid of Yol Armia and you could send him cause he was from, he, he played in Winnipeg and they'll probably want him back. Why would why would the Winnipeg Jets want Yol Armia? Why? No, why? Um, this is going to be big. This is going to be draft picks, and it's going to be Josh Anderson, and it's going to be it's going to be a significant return. Um, but the other thing is, and and again, we have to look at not only how a Pierre Luc Dubois would fit into Montreal. We'd have to look at why the Jets would want to get rid of him. Um, he's having a, he's having a solid season, um, this year. He's centering the, the Jets top line. Uh, the chemistry that he has with Kyle Connor is, is great. Um, do the Canadians have anybody, uh, with, with the talent of a Kyle Connor? Maybe, maybe Cole Caulfield will get there. Um, but that's, 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 uh, he's a, that's a good match that they have already. Um, however, if, if the Pierre Luc Dubois again, this summer starts making noises about, um, you know, when my contract's over, if, if he signs another, he's an RFA at the end of the year, if he signs another short term deal, um, and kind of, you know, signals the fact that he's going to look to the market when he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Why would, the Winnipeg Jets wait for that to happen. Why would they just say, okay, you can play here for next year and we'll get nothing for you when you leave. And so I think that's what Philippe in, in Lorette is saying. Isn't that risky? Um, because I doubt we saw with Jacob Truba, uh, a year out from and Jacob Truba didn't want to stay in, in Winnipeg. Um, and a year out, uh, the Winnipeg Jets traded him and got a, got a very good return for him. 
Um, so I would say that that um, I don't I don't think that um, he he gets to free agency, uh, unrestricted free agency, where the Canadians can get him for free. I think if they want him, if they really want him, they're going to have to pay for him um, in assets. Uh, they're going to have to commit to a long-term uh, contract, um, and so that affects cap. Um, and I, I think there is some risk in in saying, okay, let's let's wait here and and uh, and, and and wait for him. Um, but I, you know, I do understand. I understand the attraction. Do the Canadians? Do they absolutely need him? Not as much anymore. Yeah, I think that's more the point I was trying to get at where I just don't see where he would fit into the lineup as is. And that's why I'm not really wanting to give up assets for him. And yeah, it's a good point, too, that uh, are the Jets really going to let him get to, uh, you know, unrestricted free agency? It'd be smart if they did not. (laughs) Let's be real. (laughs) But uh, I think uh, we're good to head over to that next question. Uh, anything else you wanted to add on Dubois there, Rick? Uh, there's going to be lots more about Dubois for sure uh. Uh, as we get closer <laughs> to the offseason. So it won't be the last we talk about him. Yeah, maybe he'll come to Montreal during the draft again. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Bill from Okotoks, Alberta has reached out to us and he said, I heard you say that you wouldn't bring back any of the Habs unrestricted free agents, but if you signed one, just one, who would it be? And would his initials be SM? Keep up the great work. I'm not going to lie. It took me a little bit too long to figure out who SM was. And I'm a little bit embarrassed about that, but Sean Monaghan, that that makes sense. Um, I'll start this one off here. Uh, I'm kind of meh on bringing back Sean Monaghan mostly because of the injury problems. Uh, he's just much less del- desirable if he's going to be in injury after injury. And he's really shown since coming to Montreal that, yes, he can be a really good player when he's healthy, but also when he's injured, like, it, he's no help to your team. There's no point in keeping him around if he's just going to be a guy that you put on IR. I could have seen an argument at one point where, you know, maybe... Sean Monaghan feels like he's a good fit and he wants to revitalize his career a little bit. You know, if you're Montreal, you you didn't get a first round draft pick for him at this deadline. Maybe you're looking at next year and thinking, all right, let's sign a one year and we can try to do the same thing. But uh, just the the injury problems are what uh, scare me away from that. And at the same time, uh, you alluded to this a little bit in the first segment, Rick. Uh, You don't want to put anyone into the lineup that's going to be blocking your prospects from having an opportunity as well. I like this question. I liked how he framed this question. I like that Bill obviously listened to our yeah. um, uh, po- podcast last week because we said, um, and we agreed, uh, neither of us would bring back any of uh, the unrestricted uh, free agents. Just to review, as far as unrestricted free agents, Jonathan Drouin, we said, <laughs> no. Uh, Alex Belziel, no. Uh, Chris Tierney, no. Um, Paul Byron, uh, I love Paul Byron, but no, he's not coming back. Uh, Anthony Richard, we heard from Anthony earlier, uh, and he made his own case for not coming back. Otto Leskinen, Frederick Allard, Corey Schooneman, maybe uh, Madison Bowie, um, and Sean Monaghan. 
you know, I wouldn't be too upset if if they signed Sean Monaghan. Um, and and the only reason is, um, yes, he made a big difference when he was in the lineup. Um, and number two, the Canadians are missing leadership, um, and 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 Sean Monaghan could be that guy. We saying that we have no idea his his injury situation. Uh, scares me half to death, just like you. It 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 dragged on, um, and um, it wasn't was it what it was presented to be, um, and it really hurt the Canadians at the deadline. Um, but if there's good injury information and and you think that he could come back and play until the deadline when you could trade him again, mm-hmm. um, then he might be worth a chance. Um, I, I wouldn't be too upset if if the Canadians. I I. I acknowledge what you're saying. It's it's going to um, it's going to be uh, an impediment to to somebody um, and, and put an obstacle in the way. But the Canadians badly need leadership, um, and uh, this this could be a player that would fill that void right now. Yeah, uh, I think that's a pretty good point as well. And I, I will say, I'm not going to be upset if it does happen where they decide to bring back a Sean Monaghan. I'm not going to be mad about that. I can see plenty of reasons as to why it would make sense for both parties, but uh, it's just that injury situation that scares me. And I don't know that I would want to commit to somebody if I'm not convinced they'll be in the lineup for most of the season anyway. For sure. So we have another question and this one comes south of the border from Curtis in Plymouth, Michigan. Uh, what he says is, with Lane Hudson shattering records in the NCAA, do the Canadians have their number one puck-moving defenseman of the future? Watched him here in Michigan. Best defenseman I've seen. So thank you for, uh, to Curtis uh, for reaching out to us. Obviously, being uh, in Plymouth, Michigan, I'm sure he's uh, had plenty of time to scout Lane Hudson. Uh, plenty of opportunities to see him there. I'll defer to Rick to start this one off. Yeah, prior to getting to Boston University, um, that uh, that Lane Hudson was was part of the U.S. development pro- program, which is headquartered in Plymouth. So uh, that makes sense. Um, I- I'm going to answer a, a a big fat I don't know here. Um, yeah. Lane Hudson, <laughs> Lane Hudson has been amazing uh, this past year, and and yes, shattering records, um, and and he's looked terrific. Um, can he do that in the NHL? I really don't know. Um, you know, I, I think he's a very, very unique talent. Um, I think that, you know, if, if all of the skill that he has translates to the, to the NHL level, his, his, his ceiling is, is, um, you know, well, it's hard to predict. Um, and he can, he, he can be a regular defenseman, uh, but can he make the NHL? I re- I really don't know. Um, I, I, I really think that the Canadians still must, you know, we, we heard, uh, Jeff Gorton say that they don't have in the organization, um, a number one puck moving elite defenseman, um, uh, someone who can quarterback their power play. They have a lot of very good defensemen in, in, um, Arbor Jacki and Justin Barron. Justin Barron has looked very good. I like uh, Jordan Harris. Logan Mayu is on the way. We've heard that that he's got the talent to be the next. Um, you know, Caden Gooley. I think with the right 
um, elite defenseman uh, can be that that first pair, part of that first pair. Um, but I think that the Canadians are going to have to, even if they think uh, Lane Hudson has a chance of doing that, I think they have to, while they have, um, you know, a, a, a pick, uh, they have um, assets uh, in the first round, uh, either this year or next, they have to draft um, that that elite defenseman um, that they, they don't already have. Um, yeah, I, I, I can only say with, with respect to Lane Hudson, um, you know, uh, who, let's hope, uh, but I don't <laughs> think, I don't think we have um, enough information yet to, to say he's the, he's going to be the guy. Yeah, I think that's fair. And also I, I do not know. I hope, I hope so. Like you said, uh, it seems like Hudson, uh, almost a year out is the steal of the draft. He's getting all sorts of Kale McCarr comparisons. Uh, what I will say is let's be patient. Let's continue him along the development path. Let's give him, you know, at least another season in the NCAA. There's no need to rush him into the NHL. There's plenty of time. Um, uh, yeah, it, it seems like all the skill is there. It seems like the full package is there. Uh, it's hard to tell if it's going to translate to, to the NHL. Uh, but hey, shattering all these uh, NCAA records, that's, that's not a bad thing for sure. Uh, what I will say is that uh, when you're in a rebuild, you want to keep acquiring talent. So if there are other uh, you know, defensemen out there that have the potential to be that elite puck moving number one uh, defenseman, similar to Elaine Hudson, I, I think you probably want to snatch up as many of those as you can. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, when it comes to prospects, not everybody's going to pan out. So uh, I hope that Hudson does pan out, though. From what I've seen from him, uh, watching him at the World Juniors and whatnot, he's looked very good. Uh, next question uh, comes from overseas all the way out in Auckland, New Zealand uh, from Charlie. Uh, actually, I spent a little bit of time in Auckland uh, before uh, the whole pandemic thing happened. Nice city. Uh, I don't know too much about hockey, at least the people I was talking to. Wish I got to meet Charlie, to be honest. Uh, when I got asked quite often uh, because uh, I was telling people I was Canadian. Uh, if I watched hockey, I said yes. And uh, they would always follow that up with, are you a Maple Leafs fan? And, uh, no. <laughs> They were shocked, though, to find out, you know, there's a Montreal team called the Canadians. And what? Ottawa has an NHL team? Crazy. Uh, but anyways, uh, Charlie's reached out, and uh, what he's had to say is, are you willing to guarantee that Hughes and Gordon will make changes to the medical staff this summer? The injury situation is unbelievable. Thanks for all you do for fans. Uh, so, Charlie, another uh, guy that seems to be listening to our podcast, we have talked about uh, this quite a bit. And uh, Rick, uh, I'll let you get started on uh, queuing this one up. Uh, I'll say yes. Um, I, I guarantee. I don't know, but but the, the Montreal Canadiens they they can't go on like this with the injury situation the way it's been for the past two seasons. Um, whatever the whatever uh, it's going to take, and and you know we're not. And we've said before we're not pointing fingers. We're not we're not doing any of that. But uh, the it's it's has it helped them um while they've while they're in a rebuild uh, i guess you can make that point you never want to wish injuries on anyone though and i don't think they can continue like this um 600 i'm going to approach 600 man games lost um this year um and last year leading the league too there's just too much 
uh, talent tied up. There's too much money tied up. Um, and, and you, you have to change what, whatever it is. Um, and, and I really think that this is just something that, um, when they, when they talked about the, the list of things and, and bringing in analytics and, and, and revamping hockey operations and the scouting and all, I think this is something they haven't got to yet. Um, but I, I'm sure that they're going to, um, they, they have to, they, they have no choice. Um, I thought it was really interesting this past week that there was uh, an article out um, by our good friend Raphael Doucette, um, and he reached out to Smart. Uh, I, I give uh, Raphael credit, uh, re- reaching out to Pierre Allard. Pierre Allard, the former uh, conditioning coach and sports science, he, he kind of created the sports science um, department. He left the Canadians a couple of years ago to be, he wanted to be uh, an, uh, a coach. And he got an opportunity in Munich to be an assistant coach. Um, so he left that role that he had had. He was well-respected and, and left on good terms. Um, and Raphael uh, reached out to him, and uh, he, was, he was quick to say, first of all, um, he's not involved. Um, he, doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have any in, inside information other than having been in that position um, for uh, a number of years and and um, he hasn't been in touch with with Adam Douglas who replaced him um, Pierre Lard uh, in that position um, but he said that uh, in in his mind that uh, about half of the injuries are preventable um, he said that you know there's there's no way of of preventing um, you know, somebody blocks a shot and breaks a bone or whatever. Somebody gets a concussion. You can't, you, you can't, um, you can't prevent that. Uh, but, but, uh, a lot of these injuries have come when players are overtaxed. Um, and we've seen that it kind of has a domino effect that, um, one player is taken out of the lineup and, uh, the replacement is moved up. And, and he said, you know, as um, a player who's uh, suddenly goes from playing 12 to 16 minutes a game is playing 16 to 20 minutes a game, um, and they're they're out of the right out of the the, the proper chair um, is is the phrase that he used, uh, and that gives more opportunity for um, for injury. Um, but he said those kinds of things need to be tracked. Um, that there is a prevention strategy and. You have to uh, be on top of uh, the the fis- the amount of fatigue that each of these players is going through, and we know that the Canadians wear uh, trackable um, uh, monitors, sensors. Um, but he said, you know, he always used to do a, and it was a silly test. It was a jump test. He did it every Monday, um, but it just kind of measured uh, the amount of fatigue that a player would have. Um, and, and that's a signal that, um, that, that, that there's a higher potential of, of, of injury. He also talked about, um, that, that, uh, teams need to change the way they do, um, the fall, uh, training camp, that players are expected to be there, uh, in shape, um, to perform at training camp. Uh, and often they 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 take shortcuts in their off season training, and that leads to injuries later on. So it's something that he's thought about. Uh, he has some 
some views on it. Um, again, he's not pointing fingers. We're not pointing fingers. Um, but obviously, changes have to be made. Yeah, I, I think good research on your end uh, for that one, Rick. Uh, I agree with most of that uh, based on all the injuries that have gone down over the past two seasons. And you mentioned how many man games there are something's definitely not quite right. And I really do hope that uh, Hughes and Gordon Gordon uh, spend some time uh, looking into this. Uh, I don't know if it's a matter of bringing in some new faces or if it's a complete overhaul or how this is going to go down. But uh, yeah, I, I, at the very least, I hope that they look into uh, what's going on with the medical staff and maybe change up how they approach things over the summer. Mm. So the last question comes from Mia in uh, Rigo, Quebec. And Mia starts this one off uh, with a little bribe. So uh, we will take uh, Mia up on this offer. Uh, What Mia says is, take my question and I'll treat you to a traditional Quebecois meal at our sugar shack. So yeah, we'll we'll take you up on that. I am vegetarian, so you'll have to have a veggie Uh option for me. But uh, Rick, uh, I think uh, you'll you'll enjoy that meal as well, right? For sure. I've only actually (laughs) been once. Uh, Tremendous uh, meal, tremendous atmosphere, uh, lots of stuff that that you're not supposed to eat, but, um, <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah, they, and, and, and if you have the opportunity to, to attend these and, um, starting now actually, um, and over the next few weeks, uh, there's lots of opportunities to, to find, uh, uh, a sugar shack and, and, uh, and, and go through the tour and find out about how they produce the maple syrup and, and, um, Quebec produces most of Canada's uh, yeah. maple syrup, uh, but the meals are tremendous. And, and uh, yes, we can be bribed for uh, for putting your question on the air. <laughs> uh, but uh, Mia's question is, who is your all-time favorite player that you saw play live, but who never played for the Canadians? Mine is Joe Sackick. So thanks again uh, to Mia for reaching out to us uh, with that bribe and this really cool question. Uh, It's not uh, Montreal Canadiens related per se, but I think it's an interesting one to talk about. Uh, Rick, I have a pretty good idea of uh, who you're going to say for your favorite. You think so? (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, give mine first before I hand it off to you. But uh, Mia, my favorite player uh, that I've gotten to see live, EK65, Eric Carlson. Mm. Um, Probably the best best defenseman of his generation I know over the years there's been some injury problems. He's not always been uh, the player that uh, he has been in the past, but uh, really good uh, season so far. He's well over 80 points. Uh, I've watched this guy uh, in Ottawa live on a number of occasions. The things that he can do with the puck, uh, his skating ability, absolutely incredible. Um, I know a big knock on him uh, while he was in Ottawa, at least, was, oh, well, he's great offensively, but what about his defensive game? Well, his defensive game was actually great in Ottawa. He's the guy that could drive down to one end, get a high (laughs) danger scoring chance, and then uh, go all the way back to the other end and break up the odd uh, man uh, rush. So I never had an issue with that. I think it's a little bit different now in uh, San Jose with uh, all the injuries to his uh, legs and his Achilles that have happened over the years, but uh, very happy to see uh, what he's been able to do so far this season. Uh, He's going to be up for a Norris on a non-playoff team. So that's quite an accomplishment there. What a great pick. Absolutely a great pick. 
Thank you. And uh, Rick, uh, who, who are you going to pick for your pick? <laughs> I'm just going to say, as far as me, uh, the Joe Sack- Sackick pick, I really like that. And I'm, uh, I'll make the assumption that you saw him as when he was a member of the Quebec Nordique and, and uh, his captain there, captain in Colorado. It, it sounds odd to say, but he's kind of underrated uh, a little yeah. bit. Um, and um, not necessarily uh, blowing you away with numbers, but it just his his leadership um, won a couple Stanley Cups. Um, he was uh, an All Star a, a dozen times or so. Um, the the one that really gets me is uh, he's such a a clutch player. Um, he holds the NHL record with eight career playoff overtime goals. Um, just amazing, uh, just an amazing stat. Uh, for me, it's is Tamo Solani, and, and yes, the most dynamic, the most dazzling player I've ever seen uh, could bring a building uh, to its feet on almost every rush. That that uh, 92-93 season, um, his 76 goals, 132 points in his rookie season, incredible, absolutely incredible. I've I've honestly never seen anything like it, and. Uh, I had a lot of admiration for Tamo Solani, and, and as I've said a thousand times, I always wanted him to uh, to come and play for the Montreal Canadiens um, with Sakukoivu. That didn't happen um, in Montreal, but uh, uh, for sure, we, uh, yes, uh, we follow the Montreal Canadiens, but we are uh, hockey fans, and, and I really like this question uh, that, that Mia sent in. Yes, we can um, we can admire uh, the brilliance of, of other hockey players as well. Yeah, and that's a really good point there. I, I think when you're a fan of one franchise specifically, you miss out on a lot of good hockey, coincidentally. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes it's nice just to sit down and like, okay, I'm going to pop on, you know, a Penguins game just because yeah. you know, Crosby's still an incredible player. You know, let's put on the Oilers game, you know, McDavid, Dreisaitl, crazy <laughs> insane talent on that team. So uh, as much as uh, we all love watching the Habs games and we watch them all every single season, I do recommend as well to, you know, pop on some other teams, see what they're doing, pop on all the Stanley Cup uh, contending teams, you know, see what, their players are like uh, and see if you can meet because Montreal's in a rebuild right now, you know, which team do you want to model this Montreal Canadiens team after? And, mm-hmm. you know, you look at what Tampa Bay has been able to do over the years. Uh, you look at Colorado and stuff, and that, that's certainly the direction you want to see them going in. That's a, that's a brilliant point. Um, because uh, it, it, there are role models out there and, um, I, I just I I can't stand the Boston Bruins. I never have, <laughs> but my goodness, that's a that's a powerful team that good. that they've put together, um, and seeing them uh, this past week. Yeah, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, the Bruins are so good. It's not fair how good they are, but uh, anyways, different story. But uh, thank you uh, to everyone who reached out to us and uh, gave us uh, their questions, uh, even those uh, who we didn't get to uh, on this uh, round of the Rocket Sports Mailbag. Uh, we appreciate you reaching out to us. Uh, we love interacting with everyone. Uh, it's fun to know where all our listeners are from. So uh, just remember, whenever you reach out to us with a question or a comment, uh, just give us your first name, uh, where you're from, and uh, we'll be sure to read through them. For sure. So now I think it's a good time to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. So stay with us. This is Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. 
The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 236 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and you can check out the website CanadiansConnection.com. Also, feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line. It's 5853-ROCKET. And while we had plenty of listeners reach out to us over the last little while, as you heard in segment two uh, throughout our our mailbag, plenty of uh, interesting engagement, lots of fun questions from our listeners. So we'd like to continue to encourage you to reach out uh, with all your questions or any thoughts. Just remember, give us your first name and where you're from, and feel free to text us anytime at 5853-ROCKET. You know, that works as a voicemail, too. So if if um, you'd like to leave us a voicemail, not a text, uh, we're happy to, uh, to, to and, and you give us permission to uh, use your voice on the air, then we're glad to um, air your question that way uh, for the next mailbag. Yeah, that'd be pretty fun. But uh, Rick, we all know how difficult this Montreal Canadiens team can be to keep track of, and uh, Rocket Sports Media has you covered. Uh, this past week, uh, we dropped a feature entitled Habs Defense Projecting Ahead. Uh, it's a nice little write-up uh, projecting uh, the Habs defense going forward. I uh, definitely recommend checking that one out at allhabs.net. Also, you want to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have plenty of awesome videos on there. Just search at allhabs and you will be able to find us and hit that subscribe button. 
Weekly, every Thursday, Amy Johnson releases the Habs Hockey Report, and this past week's episode is entitled Five Takeaways from the NHL GM Meetings. Our coaches are changes coming you're gonna want to tune into that one uh, see what amy johnson has to say about it also uh, if you like interacting uh, amy johnson is great at uh, replying to all the comments Uh, sometimes she even reads them on air so leave a like leave a comment hit that subscribe button to never miss a single episode of the habs hockey report at the all habs youtube page Also, we have a couple podcasts here on Rocket Sports Radio. Uh, Make sure to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. First and foremost, every Tuesday, The Press Zone comes out. You can check that out at thepresszone.fm. That's going to be your inside source for everything Laval Rocket, Habs Prospects, AHL. That's hosted by Amy Johnson, and we have our AHL guru, Patrick Williams, uh, who de- who's co-hosting on that quite often as well. And sometimes you get a little bit of Rick Stevens in there, too. And every Saturday, this podcast, The Canadian's Connection, comes out, and you can find it at canadiansconnection.fm. Hit that subscribe button. We're here year-round throughout the summer when uh, all your favorite radio stations and some of your favorite podcasts stop uh, putting out Habs content. We keep doing it. We have all sorts of uh, fun things that uh, we talk about throughout the summer. So hit that subscribe button. Tune in as we come out every single Saturday throughout the entire year. So segment two, uh, we took uh, questions from all our listeners, but uh, we have a question to send out to all all of our listeners now. So our Canadians Connection Question of the week, why should the Canadians sign Sean Monaghan to a short-term contract? You can also let us know why not. Yeah. Uh, this is something that uh, was kind of alluded to a bit in that uh, second segment. Uh, so what are your thoughts on Sean Monaghan? And last week we had uh, a question about Carter Hart. Um, and if you missed it, go back to um, Canadians Connection, episode 235, and uh, listen to our discussion about Carter Hart, and and uh, we've had we had a lot of uh, response to that in on the text line. I would say two thirds in favor, uh, one third um, did not approve. Um, one comment was, uh, let me see, one text five eight five three rocket was. I think Montreal should trade for him for the right price because he fits the direction the team is going. Uh, I think right price is, is the key. I, th- mm-hmm. I think Carter Hart, the price is going to be steep on him if the Flyers choose to uh, trade him. And we might get a look at Carter Hart uh, during this upcoming week, but uh, we've got a couple games to get through before then. Uh, starting Saturday, March 25th, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets come into Montreal. So one of the bottom feeding teams that's uh, going to be, is that a tank for a Bedard night? I don't know. Let's see if Montreal can pull out a win, though. Have some fun. Uh, on the 27th, uh, Montreal goes into Buffalo. And then the very next day, on the 28th, uh, Montreal goes to visit Philadelphia. So we'll uh, see if we get a look at Carter Hart. Uh, this could be a bit of a scouting mission for some of us. And uh, a couple days later, on uh, March the 30th, uh, the last game of March, uh, Florida comes uh, to visit Montreal. So Montreal owns that Florida first-round draft pick, so it doesn't really matter who wins that one. Either way, it's a win-win for Montreal. So are you ready for puck drop? Read all our complete previews for every game day at allhabs.net. That's going to be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for listening. Uh, please make sure that you are subscribed to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player on your favorite podcasting app. And if you like what you heard, share on social media. 
Enjoy the week. We'll be back here next Saturday, April the 1st, for another great episode. And no, that's not a joke for April Fools. We're actually going to put out another (laughs) episode. Uh, Thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.